Real stories, reliable information, the latest technology and news. Welcome to the Plastic Surgery Hub podcast, connecting people with practitioners. Hey listeners, well I'm here today with Dr. Phil Richardson and Dr. Richardson is a specialist plastic surgeon and he is based in Brisbane and today we're going to have just have a bit of a chat with him about um, well, what makes him tick and what he started and as you guys know it takes about 12 years to become a plastic surgeon so you've got to really want to do it so let's find out a bit about him so thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks Rich. Awesome. So tell us so what, what's your hobbies? What do you like to do? Ooh, well, I've got a family of four kids, so that takes a fair bit of my time. How old? From 15 down to 11 months. Oh, my God. That's so, a big gap. yeah, it's a big gap. So I've got to spend a fair bit of time at home, but if my wife's good enough to let me, I'll uh, duck off and do a little bit of fishing or golf. But to be honest, it's not as much as I'd like. So what's your handicap? Uh, 12. Oh, my God. I'm so, impressed. I've played a bit in the past, but I don't play as much these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you want to do, you want to try and keep, well, four kids, you've got no time anyway. No, I've got no time. All right, so what's something that's unique about Dr. Phil Richardson? Unique about me? Yeah. Um, yeah I've got to say, you don't look like an average plastic surgeon. Like, not that there's an average plastic surgeon, but you're like um you, you're sort of like you're kind of not at all normal but you know what i mean you My seem really normal probably would be that i enjoy getting away mm-hmm. from large cities and camping and fishing yeah and going to places like weeper where probably half of my friends live. Where's Weeper? That's right at the top of Queensland. Oh. Yeah, so just getting out of Brisbane and doing things with normal people and um getting out of reception. Yep. Um just getting away from you know the the uh, ins and outs of daily life. I'm so going to use that. Getting out of reception, I like that. So tell me, what what made you like? Where did well, first of all, where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Brisbane, and I studied in Brisbane. Went to University of Queensland in Brisbane. Um, my dad was a GP, and he uh, he he was wasn't particularly encouraging for me to do medicine, but I did it anyway. And then um, I I had an interest in in kids uh, surgery. And the best way at the time for me to get into that was uh, through plastic surgery. So I did paediatric plastic surgery for a long time with cosmetic surgery. And I worked at the Royal Children's Hospital and the Mater Children's Hospital for a long time, 12, 13 years. And then um, progressively, as the younger guys came through, they took more and more of, um, of, of my sessions there because they were well-trained and young and... And then I moved into other areas that attracted me, like cosmetic surgery. Yeah, right. Because I've been, I, I've been watching your, you know, been watching your page, your social media over the years since I've been in the industry. And, and you, like, it's funny because there's some doctors that are kind of standouts, and like, I definitely noticed you have been a standout. So, do you have like a hero procedure, something that you love doing the most in your practice? I do like congenital uh, and developmental problems, like tuberous breasts. Okay. Uh, because it relates to the like, you know, the fact that I like dealing with uh, younger people and even and kids. You know, you can follow them through, and um, and I do a lot of uh, combined mastopexies and implants, um, and um, and revisional cases these days. So um, moved into sort of that environment because it's, it's quite rewarding. Every case is very very different, and. Uh, you don't always get it right, but you know you do your best. And yeah, of course. Yeah. We're well, talking about the um, 
mastopexy augment. So mm. is that something that you do together? Because we had a big discussion on our, our closed Facebook group just recently and we did a poll to find out, you know, like some doctors do it in one stage, some do it in two. So is that like a patient choice thing or, or you just always do the two together or...? Yeah, so I'm talking about it tomorrow. Um, but essentially everyone can have it in one stage or everyone could have it in two stages. It's really selecting the right patient to have it in one stage and the right patient to have it in two stages because if you get the wrong patient, they're going to be really disappointed with the outcome and they're going to have a high complication rate. And both of those you, you, we really, really want to try and avoid. So if you pick the right patient, it can be one stage, but uh, otherwise for the rest, two stages. Yeah, right, right. It's, it's so interesting because everyone has such a different opinion. So it's so good. It's, it's like every surgeon will do something differently. I guess what, that's what these meetings are about, kind of Ooh. sharing. Yeah, you see what, what other people know. do and you learn a lot yeah. and you think, oh, okay, I'm making that mistake yeah. or I could do that better. Or Yeah, no, that's awesome. And so tell me, what's some, like, so how long have you been a plastic surgeon? Plastic surgeon for 17 years. Okay. Um, and did my training in Brisbane and in Melbourne. Yep. And I did a fellowship down there in uh, paediatric plastic surgery and also cosmetic surgery and then came back here. All right. So normally I'd send you these questions before. These are really off the cuff, so sorry. But so what's been your biggest career milestone, do you reckon, to date? Career milestone? Yeah, like what's been the best thing that you've done? Like, you know, like, you know, the most thing that you've sort of walked away and thought, oh, wow, that was so... I'm really good at that or something like that. <laughs> um, I, my personal favourite operation over the years that I've done is cleft lip and, uh, repair and I remember a child who came in with um, a bilateral cleft lip so on both sides with his parents to my rooms and I was only about three years out of practice and they were devastated and I was able to follow them through the journey, um, repair the lip and they got a good result and the child got a good result. And then with clip and lift and palate surgery, you always follow them. So I probably saw them for the next 13 years and oh. seeing him grow and the parents appreciative and get a good result and a smile on his face and um, being able to talk properly and looking back and thinking, oh, well, I did all that over really a, a long that. period of time. Yeah. I've changed that kid's life yeah. from the time they were four months old yeah. would have been their first operation. So yeah. that's probably makes you the most proud. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree because, like, um, like I got into plastic surgery, you know, as in uh, blogging for it, because I had an experience where I just wanted to, to, I had to get rid of the excess skin. And so for me, it wasn't about it being aesthetic. It was, you know, medical. So, like, the I had the utmost respect because apart from being aesthetically good, it's what goes behind it. Like, you know, some, especially the cleft palate work, it's amazing. It's so life-changing, plastic mm. surgery. It really is the true. But it is a journey, too, as oh, you know. Sure. It's, it's not just boom. No. One thing and that's no, it. It's exactly. A, it's a whole process. It's addictive too in my case, but anyway. So how, um, how do you wind down like, or relax after a big day? After a, well, I try and um, not start in the morning till 8.30 so I get to play with my kids. Yep. And then in the afternoon I try and get home for 5.30 to help out with all the usual things. You're so um, bath and stuff. So awesome. I, I, only, I try and work from about 8.30 or 5.30 each day and unwind by, I guess, just playing with the kids while probably my wife... Um, chills out. Chills out. Yeah, because she needed after the day yeah. with them. While well, she has a wine. Yeah, totally, for two. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And just, like, one last question. So 
I know that, actually I'm going to ask you two questions. So what advice would you give to someone who's looking to undertake major cosmetic surgery? Like, because like, there's, like I didn't have these warnings when I had my surgery, but well, not warnings, but what are things that, you know, if you were going to give someone some advice, what would you say to someone thinking of having major surgery, major cosmetic surgery? I think if you're having major cosmetic surgery, obviously you need to speak to a lot of patients who have had the same thing, same operation or a similar operation. You need to get a fairly good idea of who does, who's well qualified as a plastic surgeon, but who does a lot of that procedure. So there's no point going to see someone who's the best breast surgeon in town for your nose because they're not going to do many noses. So I would say go to someone who does a lot of that procedure, and it usually means they're uh, doing it for a reason and they're, they're pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. So I would say stick to someone who... Uh, look around and find someone who's well respected and does a lot of that particular procedure. Yeah, and I agree with you because I know that a lot of people, are, you know, are, are good at a lot of things. But I reckon there's definitely, you know, you're always really good at something. You know, mm. so I totally agree with that. And just one last question: So, do do you? And I know that you do, but can you tell us? Do you provide support for patients after surgery? Because I know that can be an issue for some people sometimes. I've seen it on our groups. Um, but what kind of after service do you provide for your patients that gives you that, that edge? Um, well, I've got a, a pretty large team around me, which is super good. So from the time of surgery, we'll be in constant contact uh, and I'm available 24 hours, obviously, on my phone, etc. But we, we, we see people um, for follow-up routinely at a week, six weeks, three months, six months, a year, and then every two years. But... If there's issues in between, we see them at any time. They are able to text me, for better or for worse, at any time. Mm -hmm. And uh, they can email the rooms at any time. Yeah. Uh, and I've got two nursing staff, so um, there's always someone in the rooms who can help you. Yeah. And I've got you know, three or four reception staff who can help in that respect. So I like the phones to be answered. I don't want patients to ring up or have a problem being told they can't get in to see me for a while. Um, uh, and and I think having a really good, well-qualified team around you is the best way of providing support for people after surgery. Yeah, and, and you make yourself available, like you, you give them the mobile. Hours. That's so good because I see on the groups all the time where someone's saying, oh, my God, what do I do? And all I want to say is call your surgeon, but yeah. not everybody does that. No, and I'd rather know about it straight away. So yeah. Encourage people to do that, and it's often on a Sunday or whatever. But it's better knowing about it, yeah. And you're better off treating a problem earlier rather than later, whatever yeah. it is. No, that's so true because the, the, the surgery's only as good as its aftercare, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. You are very welcome. Awesome, thank you. And so, listeners, if you're after, if you want to find out more about Dr. Phil Richardson, you can just um, well Google him, or you can check out, check him out on our website, or you can actually just drop us an email to info at plasticsurgeryhub.com.au. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Trish. Thank the you. The material provided in this podcast is general information and does not constitute medical advice, nor is it a substitute for consultation and advice from your own practitioner. It should not be used to diagnose or treat any medical illness. Any medical or surgical decision should be made in consultation with your own doctor or practitioner and not based on the materials provided in this podcast.